0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. No fooling around here. We are all business, just like the Cardinals' front office. Two weeks into free agency, and a total of eight new players have been added. The latest move, signing veteran quarterback Colt McCoy. In my opinion, it's the smartest move of the offseason. Let's see if MJ feels the same way. Also, more football is never a bad thing. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 410, and it starts now.
1: Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side defense, pop, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki.
0: So I'd say for the most part, you and I get along, right, MJ? Correct. Well, we put the gloves on and went three rounds in the latest episode of Debate This, and it's dropping on the Arizona Cardinals' official YouTube page later on Thursday. It might already be up. You can also go to azcardinals.com. But uh, yeah, we came out swinging a little bit because, well, let's face it, I don't like losing. I lost the debut episode of Debate This to our colleague Darren Urban, and I was not going to lose back-to-back shows, MJ. Just nothing against you, but... I was not going to lose.
1: Yeah, I don't know. You know, we—if you're not familiar with the uh, segment, um, it's something new. And Kyle Odegaard and Jacob—they uh, do a really good job, kind of you know, letting us know. And we take different topics, but I don't know if there's any right or wrong answer. Like I like I said on the debate, Craig is—we're going to have to wait until the end of the season. I mean, do you want to let them know the, some of the questions? No,
0: you... cuz I want to direct everyone. This is a okay. that this is, you know, we we yeah. got radio background, so the perfect yes. example and this is what we do. We direct people to the YouTube page of the Arizona Cardinals, but yeah, three questions. And you're right, there is no right or wrong answer unless it's differing from my opinion. Then yes, it is a <laughs> wrong answer, but something different, something fun. And yes, Kyle Odegaard and Jacob Ortiz doing a fantastic job and it does bring out our personalities. And you get a little back and forth because we tend to agree a lot, but there are certain topics. And yes, disagreement is good because you get to see or get to hear someone's opinion, the other side point of view, if you will.
1: Honestly, Craig, after watching you and Darren, I I thought you came out of your shell a little bit. I mean, you're a great host. We know you host the uh, pre and the post game shows. You're the host of the Red Sea Report. You set us up. Um, to have those conversations, but I, I was impressed how you came out of your shell a little bit and y- you really were strong about your opinion. So um, again, go, go to YouTube, check it out. And uh, we're going to find out at some point through the year, at the, maybe at the end of the year, who was right
0: and who was wrong yes sometimes you need a little time before a decision becomes clear as far as whether it was the right decision or the wrong decision although with the draft coming up four weeks from today by the way the first round of the 2021 nfl draft what are we going to do the next day even that night we're going to say oh this was a great pick oh what are they doing here you can't take that guy so high we don't know. It's all an opinion, and you got to wait with a draft pick probably three, four years before you really figure out, wow, that was a steal, or you know what? That guy deserved to be picked at that spot, or you know what? That guy gets labeled bust.
1: Craig, we've been talking about this for a couple months now, and, and I noticed when it comes to different mocks, they have to change it up a little bit, and this year because of the quarterbacks and you know the Broncos, and they looking for a quarterback at nine. What about the uh, Panthers and Um, so, so they're going to throw some trades in there, but I've been advocating trade down basically since they got the 16th overall pick. And I don't know how far they would go. I do think if four quarterbacks go off the board, um, I do think Jamar Chase is the top wide receiver in this draft. I think Kylie uh, Pitts is the top tight end. And then you're going to look at a couple tackles. So I think the Cardinals will get a good player, but what's going to become interesting, how far would they move down and maybe you get an extra third round pick and, You know more bites at the apple. Um, You know, obviously that's what they're trying to do. But uh, the fact is, right now they're sitting at 16. But I I do think trade down option is very um, possible, and and I think they would like to get a three and a four, uh, maybe a three this year and a four next year. Again, depending on how far you go down. But you're going to hear more about trade down options. I think now that as we
0: get closer, a month away. And I think a lot of it is because after that second round pick, the Cardinals do not have a selection until pick 160. Nothing in the third round, nothing in the fourth round. And for a general manager and for the scouts, you know, a year's worth of work and you're sitting there watching players come off the board. Sometimes you get a little anxious and maybe you pull a trigger on a deal. But I think that because you only have... You know, six draft picks, but nothing in those middle rounds where you can certainly sometimes get a starter or two and maybe you hit on a pro bowler or an all-pro in rounds three and four. But right now, the Cardinals empty in those rounds.
1: Well, if I'm not mistaken, according to uh, Kyle Odegaard, uh, when it comes to the division next year, I think the Cardinals are the only team that has a first-round pick. So um, here I say trade down. Um, what if they traded up? What if they traded up and offered a number one next year? Now, you know, maybe this they think they're going to be a playoff team, and I think we're all hoping for that. So that means you're picking somewhere in the 20s. And, you, you know, um, but the fact is that the other teams in the division don't have first-round picks, so you definitely want to make sure you do the right thing. But uh, I, I think trading down would be more of an option than trading up just based on the price. And who are you trading up for?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Are you trading up for a wide receiver? Are you trading up for one of the top corners? You know, that. uh, I'm with you. I'd much rather, if you're going to move out of number 16, I'd much rather move down to gain extra picks. And we hope that the Cardinals in 2022 have a first-round pick in the 20s, if you will, because that will have meant that they've won 9, 10, 11 games. They've made the postseason, hopefully a long postseason run. And I think, MJ, to that point, The Cardinals earlier this week took a major step, and it's not the biggest acquisition, but for me, the smartest move of the offseason, the addition and the signing of veteran quarterback Colt McCoy to back up Kyler Murray, something that we've talked a lot about when we did our position-by-position breakdown. It was nothing personal against Chris Strebler, but I did not feel confident, and I still don't, With him or anyone else backing up Murray going into 2021 that has very little experience, or in the case of Strebler last year, no experience at all. It was a mistake by the organization to have Strebler as the backup, and I think it cost the Cardinals a trip to the postseason last year.
1: Based on the outcome and based on the results, it's hard to disagree with that. I like the signing of Colt McCoy. you know we'll talk about 30 starts, but it's the fact that he's been in the league for you know 10 years. I think he's going into his 11th season. I could be wrong there, but he's 12 played 12th season. season. Okay, so he's, he's played 11 seasons, and the fact that he was with Jason Garrett last year um, as the backup quarterback with the Giants, he spent time in San Francisco that was short. He was in Washington, and, and, and then you look at it, he was in Cleveland. So I just like the fact that he's got experience and. You know, right now the Cardinals have four quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, Cole McDonald, is that correct? Correct. And so I think they'll keep two on the 53-man roster and Chris Straveller to me is a guy that's eligible for the practice squad unless McDonald shows something in the preseason games. But I what I what I'm hearing is they they want competition at that backup spot. And if Colt McCoy can't beat out Chris Straveller, then I, Again, I'd be surprised about that, but they—they they, they're going to have competition, so they're both going to get a chance to play. I don't know how much Murray will play in a preseason games. I'm sure you want to get you know in some some live reps without getting hit. Um, but it looks like it's going to be competition. Like they want to do it every other position. We know some of that's more lip service, but you want guys competing and nothing's given to anybody. And and but I think McCoy um, would be a viable option if something happened to Murray whether it's in a fourth quarter, uh, maybe a spot start where he doesn't miss a lot of time. Um, I definitely think it's an upgrade over Strubler.
0: Again, I think Brett Hundley couldn't have played that role. Unfortunately, he just wasn't active. And we're not talking about 10 games because Kyler Murray suffers an injury in September and is lost. I'm just looking at a two or three, four game stretch or to your point, a couple of plays during the course of a Sunday to where you can turn to your left and say Colt get in there you've got 44 games of experience 30 starts you know what You're doing. You know how to handle this situation. It's not too big for you. He doesn't have a lot of experience, but don't discount what he did at Texas. He was an outstanding college quarterback. Didn't get much of a chance in the pros, but here is someone that, in case of an emergency, you break glass. And you hope over a three or four game stretch, you come out two and one, two and two to win. Murray does come back. And again, knock on wood, this doesn't happen. We never see the backup quarterback. But the recency bias that I have, week 17, Murray goes down, Strebler comes in, you need to win that game to get into the postseason. And it was awful. It just didn't look good. And at the end, we're watching the postseason instead of covering the postseason, and I don't want that to happen again this year.
1: Listen, the last couple of years, Kyla Murray's been banged up towards the end of the season, whether it was the hamstring, last year, a little bit of the shoulder. Um, so yeah, I mean, you have to protect yourselves, and, and, and in fairness to Chris struvler I mean, it wasn't fair to any of those young guys last year, but when your number's called and he was getting reps in practice, um, I'm assuming he was running the scout team, if not him and Hunley. and that's where you got to kind of flash. But I, I just thought the moment was too big for him. And, and the fact that they had him throwing the ball, uh,
0: was his first throw a pick six? No, that was later in the first half. Remember, he had that touchdown pass to okay. the board. It was a little pitch pass. Yes. He had the pick six right before going into the locker room. Yes. It really was a 14 point swing, or if nothing else, a 10 point swing.
1: Well, they also had him like throwing to the left side of the field, down the field. I'm like, you know, again, you have to stick to your game plan, but you also have to know that there's limitations just because he doesn't have a lot of experience. But yeah, I mean, just and, and you know maybe the, the Cardinals if they clearly it looks like they're going to have to address the running back position in the draft. I mean, you can always bring in a, um, in a street free agent, but you know it, maybe we're, maybe they're not going to rely on Kyler Murray running the football as much. Maybe that's the plan when we start talking about Sean Coogler and more of a physical running game with the two tight end sets with Max Williams and Darrell Daniels. Um, we always talk; it's a luxury. And if you you move down the draft and you get one of those top running backs, now you got a really good one-two punch. And we'll see about Jonathan Ward, and I think Eno Benjamin may get an opportunity. So I wonder if they want to take some of the load off of Murray, even though that's what makes him so dynamic. But it, it's the NFL; you got to survive the entire season, and you don't want to go in the playoffs with a you know a, um, you know
0: a quarterback that's been limping around. It's a good observation and I heard Ron Wolfley talk about it as well, the moves that this team has made on the offensive end, is it a signal, is it an indication of a little bit of a change of direction offensively, because when we talked about the backup quarterback there was a school of thought that you needed someone in a similar skill set. Of a Kyla Murray, so you didn't have to change much of the offense. I don't buy that because, again, if you lose Murray for any extended period of time, the season's done, it doesn't matter. But you can get away with a quarterback doing what they do best, you shrink the playbook, and then all of a sudden you play to their strengths. Now, it's not like McCoy can't run, he has over the course of his career. He's got two touchdown runs on 139 carries, so it is part of his game, but you're not going to see him run an RPO. That's just, <laughs> that. that's not smart football. Yet, basic fundamental offense, he can stand in the pocket and throw the football. I know Cardinal fans will point to the Week 14 When the cardinals play the giants and we saw mccoy for a handful of snaps in relief of daniel jones and it wasn't good but that just i mean you basically was putting mccoy in an unenviable position because he was sacked twice and that day is when the cardinals defense just went off on the giants offensive line and the two quarterbacks so don't look at that do some digging and look at what he's done over the course of his career the spot starts being that guy that you could count on in a pinch. And I understand what you're saying about he needs to beat out a Chris Streveler, And if he can't, then I don't know what is going on. But to me, even if we are in love with Streveler again in training camp in the preseason, I still would have major reservations with going in with either Streveler or Cole McDonald as my number two.
1: Again, I think they'll only keep two on the active roster. Um. Then you roll the dice with Chris Trevler, Who's going to put him on their fifty-three man roster to, coming out from the uh, when they go from ninety to fifty-three, and then we'll see about Colt McDonald. But um, yeah, I I, I I I do think that Colt McCoy, he, you know, he's comes from a spread offense in Texas. Um, when it comes to the RPOs, I'm not saying he's going to run, but he can run the zone read. He can he he can sit in the shotgun. He can go under center if if that was the case. Um, Again, he he can throw the ball. He's very smart. You can tell he's he's learned from different uh, coordinators. He's been in different spots, learned different offenses. So, you know, quite frankly, hopefully we don't see him. But we know that if Carlos is going to run as much as he has, and he's done a really good job protecting his body, there's going to be a quarter or a player he can't finish a game, and that's why you bring in a veteran, uh, guy that has 30 starts, but he's he's going into his 12th year. So the moment won't be big for him. He'll be looking forward to the opportunity and you just don't want to have a huge drop off. You want to, and if it has to manage the game
0: and he doesn't turn it over, that's okay. He's played for the Browns, 49ers, Washington, and as we mentioned most recently with the Giants. And I think more than anything, what he can be for Murray, a sounding board. Now, Kyler has to recognize that and be willing to listen, be willing to ask questions. If you ignore them, then, you know, I don't want to hear stories about that. There is a reason that this move was made, that they didn't go just with Strebler and Cole McDonald. There was a purpose to find a veteran backup, regardless of what name was chosen and ultimately signed. So if Kyler Murray is smart, he utilizes what McCoy has experienced on and off the field Murray doesn't know it all he's got a skill set that is unmatched but there are certain things that he still needs to learn to be successful little details and he even brought it up as far as what the next step is needed from this team to be a playoff team so I would hope and I would hope Kyler Murray recognizes that you have a great tool in that quarterback's room it's not the head coach it's not the position coach it's not a line coach It's a guy that is going to be in that locker room and that can help you and guide you in year three.
1: The thing is, Craig, and you know how I talk about this all the time. um, You know, obviously, you got to be comfortable and confident knowing the scheme and the system where you can play faster. But at the same time, though, football is played between the ears, football is played above the shoulders. And so you got to put the time in it. And hopefully, he's, he's, you know, the fact that, you know, McCoy's been in the league as long as he's had. He's been around different um, uh, football minds, including Kyle Shanahan. Um, so when you look at that, you would hope he he's open to, you know, suggestions, ideas. Um, hey, this is what I see here. What do you see? Because if Kyler can make that next step, and it's about putting your nose in the playbook, but it's also about watching film and idean and trying to figure out what's going to happen week to week when it comes to the other defense now i think he's going to get the benefit of the doubt this year from a standpoint of rodney hudson will help a lot with those calls and then you got pew if they want to go with a silent count and we'll see what happens at right guard but you know again i i just think you know it's more about being dynamic he has all the attributes everything you want the skill set yes it's not perfect still a ways to go he's still learning the position um, but you got to put the time in. And, and it's not so much being a first in and last out. It's when you're there, what are you doing to get better? And it's cliche, we got better today. Well, it really happens because you, it was, it's like anything in life, Craig. You do reps, you're going to get better at it. You do reps, reps, you do the same thing over, and then you challenge
0: yourself to get better. Now, the only instance in which I would be concerned or maybe, I guess, more look forward to when they butt heads is when texas plays oklahoma on that particular saturday then maybe there might be some tension yeah, sure. in the room that rivalry is certainly one to pay attention to but being a little facetious here i am a huge proponent for colt mccoy to be an arizona cardinal and i would have been happy with anyone that we had talked about as far as the list that was out there still available we kept updating it that this team needed to make it a priority. It didn't need to be number one, number two, but it had to be addressed. And I'm glad this team did address the backup quarterback position because again, it's not the best move of the off season, but for my money, the smartest move of the off season.
1: I think our conversation was basically what happened when they put Strevel in there uh, in week 17. And then we watched what happened with some of these playoff teams. You know, you look at Jerickoff and, John Wolford and, you know, Washington had to go to a, a young quarterback and, and Tyler uh, Henneke. Um, so, but you, you just have to, you have to check that box I, and, and, and probably a minimum deal. I think Chase Daniel, who's made a great career as a backup quarterback, I think his deal was 1.5 with the Chargers. I got to think it's a minimum deal. Um, you know, last year he was on a minimum deal. He got a couple hundred thousand dollars signing bonus by the Giants and they wanted him to go in there and kind of, help Daniel Jones out. So he's dealt with uh, young quarterbacks and hopefully Kyler's going to listen and just, you know, just be a sponge at times just because the guy's been there and done it. Not, not at the level you have, but all that other stuff is, uh, you know, icing on the cake because Kyler's capable of doing a lot of different things, but you just got to put the work in.
0: Now, we haven't had a chance to hear from Colt McCoy, even though he was in the building signing his contract. And there's a good reason why we haven't heard from him, at least what I read between the lines. Darren Urban had a great nugget on the write-up on azcardinals.com, but McCoy signed on March 30th, the same day as the birth of his fourth child, He was there for the birth and then flew to Arizona to sign the contract. And I assume because we haven't heard from him, he has now gone back home to be with his family. So March 30th, 2021, a day Colt McCoy will never forget signing a contract with the Cardinals and welcoming a fourth child into the world. So one, congratulations to the McCoy family and welcome the Colt McCoy family to the Arizona Cardinals.
1: Now, it is a one-year deal, but uh, depending on how things shake out, you know, guys, uh, uh, Craig, you know when guys get 30-plus, they come to
0: Arizona. (laughs) That is true, as we've seen so far in free agency, and you can keep (laughs) up to date with what the team has done in free agency, azcardinals.com slash free agency. The free agency tracker is up and live as we speak here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, eight new faces including j.j watt four on offense three defense and one special teams eight players have been retained chris banjo kelvin beecham Darrell daniels max garcia marcus golden uh, Tanner vallejo charles washington and andy lee the cardinals doing a good job of making sure that they keep their own players in house and then the fact that they've added a lot. And you talk about 30 somethings. Well, there's also been a lot of team captains as well. Most recently, Sean Williams, the Cincinnati Bengals safety slash special teams ace. He is, was a team captain last season and just turned, or he'll turn 30 later on this summer on May 13th. So 30 somethings is the mantra here this off season. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, you know, like I said, I was kind of being, a, you know, I was joking, but a lot of people. First of all, a lot of players live here in the off season. I just think, you know, when you when you look at guys like Williams and AJ Green, I mean, let's be honest, Cincinnati. Ever since Marvin Lewis left there, um, they haven't been the same team. At least they made the playoffs. But I got to feel like these guys, not just so much the weather, but just to kind of reset their careers, and whether they play here for the next couple of years or not, it, it's 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 um, to a point where. You know, I think the Cardinals, you know, when, when they look at these guys, they feel like they still got something left. And, I mean, clearly going on and getting Watt. But what's interesting is Marvin Lewis. We know he's, you know, he's been a consultant with Herman Edwards and and, and uh, Antonio Pierce has kind of taken over the defense. And A.J. Green said he had a conversation with Marvin Lewis, who's who's obviously living in, in Arizona, probably Scottsdale, working in Tempe. And then Williams said he talked to Marvin Lewis and it's just fascinating where it's about relationships, and he's and there was a story about how they kind of followed each other. You can maybe get in some of the details there, but it's nice that you know you want intel on something. Hey, what do you what do you hear in Arizona? Uh, well, first of all, what Marvin Lewis told A.J. Green was, "You're going to like that quarterback. He he can spin it." And you know Marvin Lewis supposedly was at a couple of Cardinal practices. I, maybe it was before COVID when Murray was drafted, so he had a first. Up and close uh, look at them, and then to tell Williams, yeah, you know, obviously Vance Joseph had some intel there, but the fact that you know they're on the rise, and I think that's the whole idea right now. When teams look at the Cardinals, yes, they five to eight wins, but they feel like this team is close. Now it's a matter of learning how to finish, Um, and 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 obviously you know we're going to have one dud in this upcoming season. I don't know when it's going to be. But make sure you start off well and you finish strong. So I think players are intrigued that this team could be on the rise in the NFC.
0: And if you do have that dud, make sure it's stopped immediately and it doesn't make it a two, three game losing streak. But to your point about Marvin Lewis now at Arizona State and A.J. Green contacted coach Lewis before signing with the Arizona Cardinals and Sean Jefferson, excuse me, Sean Williams did as well. And the joke was that coach Lewis said, Hey, you know what, Sean, you're following AJ to the university of Georgia. You're following him to the Cincinnati Bengals. And now you're following him to the Arizona Cardinals and Williams kind of jokes like, I guess that's the case. I don't know what it is, but, so those two players certainly one, they know each other, But to your point about relationships and say what you want about Marvin Lewis and his time with the Cincinnati Bengals, I don't think he gets enough credit considering the history of that franchise, but here you have two players. Even though Williams was gone, they still keep in touch. Sean Williams brought up, and you brought it up as well, the relationship that he has with Vance Joseph after his third year when Joseph was the DB's coach, they've maintained that relationship. And I don't know, it's be, maybe be, we're hearing more of it because, as you talked about it and maybe joked, that we're signing. The Cardinals are adding more players with experience, late 20s, early 30s. So they've been around a number of different players and coaches. But I am just amazed at, yes, money matters. Fit matters. Quality of life matters. But who am I going to be playing with? Who am I going to be playing for? And for guys that have been with the Cincinnati Bengals their entire career, A.J. Green and now Sean Williams. And it was Williams who said it was kind of refreshing. And there's maybe a little bit re-energized now from those two players coming to a new team for the first time and I think you have to give a lot of credit to Vance Joseph in the case of those two players coming to the Arizona Cardinals and in the case of Calvin Beecham Sean Coogler this is what the business of professional sports is all about you want to like your teammates respect your coaches and ultimately win but you want to have some fun and be in and have it enjoyable as you're doing it and not be miserable.
1: Yeah, I I think that what you said is I, I think they're kind of hitting the reset button on their careers. You know, you know, Rodney Hudson, um, I gotta think that things didn't go well for him, considering he just signed the extension. He's one of the better centers. So and, and the weather doesn't hurt even though he was in Vegas. I think JJ Watt is motivated just what he went through and just that cloud that's been hanging over the Houston Texans franchise. And then, no disrespect to Cincinnati, they went out and drafted, I think, has a bright future in Joe Burrow. We'll see if Zach Taylor's the guy there. Um, They really don't have a big scouting department. So I think those guys feel like, hey, um, we got an opportunity here. Um, It's refreshing to get a fresh start, you know, where you just don't – you show up to work every day knowing that, we're probably not going to win this week and you know i'm looking at my future and you can't have one foot in and one foot out i think all these guys that they brought in um, they're motivated for their second part of their careers
0: now sean williams and chris banjo to the other moves this team made since our last show both safeties but more leaning towards special teams although in a pinch And Banjo did have to play a lot of safety because Jalen Thompson was in and out of the lineup. Deontay Thompson at times was ineffective. And then Buda Baker did miss some time as well. But I'll give Sean Williams credit. He admitted last year was not the easiest year for him after a career year in 2019. All of a sudden having to take a backup role and be more of a proponent on special teams. But he is willing to do anything and everything. Nothing's been promised. Though I do like the fact that the two moves at the safety position, you do have guys who, in a pinch, can step up and play. Now, competition, as you said, MJ, can Jalen and Deontay Thompson keep progressing, can one, they stay on the field, and then keep progressing. But if not, you've got Williams and Banjo right there in the mix to come in and play alongside a Buda Baker.
1: You know, when they signed uh, Williams, you thought maybe that could be the end for Chris Banjo, but uh, we know how much uh, they value special teams. We know if you're going to be active on game day, but I do like that there's some depth there. And you got a little bit of experience in Banjo and Williams. You got the, who, in my opinion, will be the face of the defense for the next X amount of years in Buda Baker. Then you throw in the the Thompson twins between Deontay and uh, Jalen. We know that they're both capable of starting. So you you got some youth in there, and then you got your stud in Buda Baker, and then you got some veterans. So uh, I'm glad that they covered themselves because injuries will occur playing that position, obviously physical position to play. Uh, Hopefully Buda can play all 16 games. I I know he missed the Carolina game, but he also was playing with a cast on this year. So, you know, give him a ton of credit. But I I like where they are there. Now you just need to add a couple more corners, and I think the the secondary settling down to where a couple months ago were like, Okay, if they lose Patrick, what are they going to do? Well, all of a sudden they waited and waited, and they got Malcolm Butler. And I think I think you're going to see physicality there. Another guy. Um, I don't know if he's you know hitting the reset button, but you know he's been in the league long enough to where hey, I want to extend my career. And if he plays well enough, I would think they would consider extending him.
0: By the way, as we speak here on this Thursday, April first, the Cardinals actually have more safeties on the roster than they have cornerbacks. It's seven to five advantage safeties with Baker, Jalen Thompson, Deontay Thompson, Chris Miller, Charles Washington, Chris Banjo, and now Sean Williams in that cornerback room, Malcolm Butler, Robert Alford, Byron Murphy, Picasso Nelson, and Jace Whitaker. So to your point, yes, they do need to add two, maybe three, and that counts the draft as well as far as the cornerback position. But you brought up Butler. What struck you? Listening to him for the first time since his signing, and of course we know his history, and it's an outstanding history. I mean, the biggest play arguably in Super Bowl history, and of course the history now that he'll have with the Seattle Seahawks. But listening to Malcolm Butler, someone again in his early 30s, but coming off the best year of his career at age 30, and he believes MJ Hulley will only get better this year. He's a stud,
1: and he's. Again, I don't want to sit here and compare him to Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson had a nice Cardinals career. We all know it wasn't the same over the last couple of years. I think Patrick's more athletic. Um, but again, if you're going to play man and man press, he is physical at the line of scrimmage. He will come up and support the run game. Now, if you've got a speedy receiver, you better make sure you get safety help. But he's covered big receivers in the league. He's done a really good job. Allen Robinson, I think he went, went up against A.J. Green. Um, and we know that they had three different quarterbacks there. So maybe that's not, and people were going to look at, he had a hundred tackles. Well, again, they were ranked 30th with only 19 sacks and him and Jeffrey Simmons were their best players that he was beloved in the building. Um, we always talk about, well, why was he available? He was a cap casualty. He knew that they weren't going to be able to pay him that. And the Cardinals waited, waited, let the, let the powder dry a little bit and got him at three, five, couldn't make up the six, but that is a huge pickup we focus on jj watt because of the name Uh, we focus on rodney hudson which is rightfully so Um, but this is to me uh, is going to go a
0: long way i think what stood out to me outside of the whole picking off russell wilson in super bowl 49 is when butler talked and was asked about the release and he totally understood the business of the game here's someone jay that is going to lose, comparing to what he was scheduled to make, to what he will now make, he is losing a significant chunk of money. But he did not sound bitter at all. Quote, I have money. I came from nothing. I have money. But playing football is something that I really love doing. End quote. The passion, something that we hear a lot from GM Steve Kime, that you can't always measure, you can't look in someone's head, you can't look in someone's heart, but just the physicality that you mentioned and the passion that he spoke about playing the game, not playing because it's what he's good at, playing the game because he loves the game.
1: Well, I mean i'm sure it'd be discussed uh, you know all of the, obviously the all the other places he's been but he was he was working at a fast food restaurant he was working at popeye's undrafted free agent so yeah and and, and at this point in his career you know tennessee was knocking on the door um you know the defense really couldn't step up in the postseason um uh, and we we're lying derrick henry and everything else but um it's just the fact that you know i, I he feels like he's got a lot left and we know corners can play to your 33 34 especially if it's all about technique and uh, but I'm excited to watch him in this defense and I'm glad that they're going to keep Murphy inside and we're all going to be crossing our fingers on Alford but I do think they'll whether it's in the first or second round they will get a corner and they'll bring 10 to 12 to camp and just start to flood the position but you know we look at you know, who was the most important signing? Is Was it Hudson just because that was a major need? Was it Watt because he can rush the passer and he's going to help in rush defense? Is Matt Prater an underrated signing because special teams was an issue, cost some games last year? Colt McCoy is going to fill a role if he has to play. But the fact is, I mean, you needed a, a number one corner and they don't grow on trees. And we, we know last year Jeff Okuda and the Henderson kid from the Falcons, they kind of struggled early on. So... Um, Again, you got to give them credit. They 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 were patient. They weren't going to pay 12 million for a wide receiver. They got they got uh, AJ Green about five to six. They weren't going to pay 12 million to 10 million for a corner. So they did a good job with the cap. And I'm glad these guys are excited to be here because you could tell they feel like this team is on the rise. That's the impression I get.
0: By the way, it could be another debate. This as far as making an argument for the best. Signing, acquisition, resigning. The acquisition is because of the trade. Yeah, and you can make a case for any number of those players that you just named, and, and maybe we'll do that on a future episode of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai Proud Partner of the Arizona Cardinals. One other note on Bother, you mentioned undrafted. Not only that, but he made the Patriots after an invitation to attend the team's rookie mini camp. He wasn't signed immediately after the draft. He was invited to minicamp, rookie minicamp. And that makes his road to the NFL even more impressive because it's not like you were drafted or you were signed as an undrafted free agent. No, you were invited. And how many times do those invitees to rookie minicamp actually get signed, let alone make the team, let alone now entering your eighth season in the league?
1: a lot of times you have your draft class and sometimes it could be five to seven or eight and then you go after undrafted free agents and these guys get like five ten fifteen thousand undrafted free agents i mean if you don't make it through the first you usually have uh two practices on friday two on sunday and then one on two on saturday one on sunday if you don't look good in the first workout they they don't invite you back and what happens is because we've been on the field for those luckily and unfortunately over the you know a while back but you could see the scouts go talk to the player before he when he's coming off the field. We went off you a contract, so he must have shown enough to where they probably thought we drafted a corner in the fourth round, and this guy is a tryout player, and we think he's got more upside. And that's how it works. You get an opportunity, and that's all you can ask for in life.
0: Yeah, we talk about the undrafted Dennis Gardeck, Ezekiel Turner, Trent Sherfield when he was here, but. Then you have the other other category, and that is attending rookie minicamp and trying to make the team. So that's, I think that's another story that needs to really be uh, applauded for Malcolm Butler to be able to not only make the team, but uh, last as long as he has here in the National Football League. Bird Gang, if you enjoy this show, we invite you to subscribe to all of Arizona Cardinals podcasts. That means you're shows Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. You'll never miss an episode. Just go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. That way you wake up or you're in the afternoon and all of a sudden it's right there in the palm of your hand on your phone. azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information.
1: Craig, uh, maybe next week um, we got some different um, rule proposals, and we'll get into some of that because a lot of it's just, you know, a team can put in a proposal, but then you need 24 or 32 votes. But I do like one proposal. I don't know who it
0: was. Eliminate overtime in the preseason. Thank you. I did see that, and it (laughs) kind of took me back because I was wondering, like, well, why do you even go into overtime in the preseason? Well,
1: usually you,
0: you hope the coach will kick a field goal or go for two. And a lot of times they do. They'll sit there and go for two, as opposed to trying to figure out, you know, hey, let's let's go for another ten minutes, or you know, sudden. De- no, 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 no. We, we, uh, we don't need overtime. The preseason.
1: Yeah, I didn't mean to step on. I think honestly, before the preseason game, there's a there's a gentleman's agreement at midfield. We're not going into overtime.
0: I like that gentleman's agreement. Speaking of the owner's meetings this week, virtually, of course, it is now official and, you know, we knew it was going to happen. And now it's been rubber stamped, a 17-game regular season. Commissioner Roger Goodell called it a monumental moment in NFL history. So now instead of 16 games, 17 games. So what is that 17th game for the Cardinals? The NFC West will play at the AFC North where where you finish. So the Cardinals finished third. So the third place finisher, the AFC North, the Cleveland Browns. So in 2021, the Cardinals will play at the Cleveland Browns at some point, and we'll get the schedule later on, but at some point the Cardinals will have another road game. They'll have nine road games in 2021. Two years ago, they beat the Browns at State Farm Stadium. So, the Cardinals, we get that Kyla Murray Baker Mayfield matchup that was a lot of fun to cover the first time around. And I think a lot of people are looking forward to the rematch, if you will. Murray Mayfield, part two. Kyla was almost giddy after that game. <laughs> yeah, because well, yeah, he won. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs>
1: You know, I I just hope when the schedule comes out, it's not in December. Now, usually they, you know, the NFL wants to have, you know, head-to-head and flexing games, so you usually have a conference game in Week 16 or division games in Week 16 and 17. In other words, teams you're chasing, jockeying for position, seating-wise. But I just hope that that game is not early December. Yes, you're going to have to play outdoors at some point, but, um, you know, you just you just want to avoid the weather, but, We can't control that. Matter of fact, a couple years ago when that Packer schedule came out, and they said, oh, man, they got no chance Aaron Rodgers in the month of December. And Josh Rosen was the quarterback that won that game, and that night they fired Mike McCarthy.
0: Cardinals now playing seven teams, eight games, or excuse me, seven teams, nine games against opponents that made the postseason a year ago with the addition of the Browns on the roster. you got the Rams, Seahawks, two games each against those two opponents, Packers, Bears, Colts, and Titans. And then I saw this interesting on NFL.com. When you look at strength of schedule now updated, Cardinals schedule ranks 13th hardest, tied for the 13th hardest schedule in 2021. Opponents last year went 138 and 134. By comparison, the Rams have the 10th toughest schedule, Seahawks tied for the 11th, 49ers tied for 19th.
1: Okay, I mean, that's not bad. Um, but I will tell you this, Craig. They will face a lot better quarterbacks this year than they did last year.
0: Yeah, you've got Aaron Rodgers, you got Baker Mayfield, perhaps Deshaun Watson. We don't know what's going on over there. Um, you get Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. So, Jared Goff. We still get Jared Goff, though, in Detroit. Trevor but Lawrence they, with the Jaguars.
1: You got Matthew Stafford twice a year now. Yeah. You still got Russell Wilson, and, you know, they were 12 and four last year. So, yeah. Uh, again, we don't know because of injuries, uh, but on paper, they will face much better quarterbacks than they did
0: last year. And don't forget Dak Prescott as well. The Cowboys are on the schedule, and. By all accounts stack is doing very well in his rehab so ryan Tannehill, as i as i look now at the opponent's home yeah. and away it's you bring that up and i just keep rattling off one quarterback after another yeah, yeah this is uh this is a tough schedule on paper and we know what happens on paper but yeah to your point this is depending on how it all lines up hopefully you don't have like a murderer's row if you will yeah four or five weeks in a row but maybe that keeps the players honest and keeps them motivated for and of course an entire season well
1: and you know jimmy garoppolo when he's healthy he's got a good win the loss record but the cardinals win there and then they come back and play last year dwayne haskins now you're off two and old start and then you lose it as stafford and then you lose to teddy bridgewater and
0: yeah don't bring up that lions game last year that's i know play. but
1: then but then you know you lose to tua okay and he, you know, he was making his first road start and then the josh allen game luckily You know, Hop was able to out jump three guys and Murray made the great throw. So yeah, it's just, we don't know. But the fact is, just on paper, they are going to play a a better
0: uh, rotation of quarterbacks in 2021 season will begin thursday september 9th it will end the regular season sunday january 9th the super bowl will be played on february 13th at sofi stadium in la good news commissioner goodell says quote we expect to have full stadiums in the 2021 season and then starting in 2022 every team will play an international home game at least once every eight years. Now for the Cardinals, they are owed an international game. They had the game uh, in Mexico City on the schedule last year. That had to be canceled. Cardinals though will play that game maybe as soon as this season or next season because they're hosting the Super Bowl in a couple of years. But after that, that requirement is done as far as you have to play a quote international game in order to be a super Bowl host now they're just going to make it every team over the course of eight years at least once you'll have a quote unquote home game overseas
1: you know the only team that hasn't played
0: in london yet dallas packers packers okay that's surprising because i would figure those teams you know that have the long history of cowboys a bears a packers that there would be a market, a fan base, in London and overseas. But that's that's interesting.
1: Now, um, Rich Eisen went through his sneaky top four
0: um, games, Chiefs-Packers. Which we thought we might have gotten in a Super Bowl once upon a time, but now we'll get in the regular season. He had Cardinals, number one Cardinals-Browns. Uh, you know what's
1: interesting? The Browns finished in third place? Wow. Because Baltimore made a run at the end, right? And then Pittsburgh obviously got off to a good start. Yeah, a lot of people will say the NFC West was the best division of football last year. I, I got to think it was the North.
0: Well, a third place finisher with 11 wins. I mean, <laughs> that's that tells you how tough that division was right there. 11 wins wins most divisions, not a third place finish, and you become a wild card team, or you're hoping for something to happen those last two weeks so you have a chance to get into the postseason. You finish with 11 wins, you better get into the postseason. Yeah, and so,
1: and it goes year to year. A lot of it's based on the quarterbacks. And now you had Stafford, and we know Kyler Murray's, you know, on the rise. Hopefully, he can take that next step. Whether it's you know, hopefully this year. But you know, we got to look at big picture. You just got to make progress every single year, get better. And then, you know, I think we'll see a new quarterback in San Francisco next year. And then I, we could see a new quarterback in Seattle. I, I think people are, you know, surprised that, you know, they wouldn't take the Bears offer, but they would take a $39 million cap hit. So clearly he's not happy there. And, you know, if they make another run, maybe they can convince him. But I don't think he's going to be on the roster. So we could have Stafford's under contract. They could extend him. Murray will be under contract. They could extend him. And then you're probably going to have Mac Jones or Trey Lance or Justin Fields and then Seattle what do they do so we're going to see the changing of the guard but I don't think it happens this season I think it's more next off season
0: one other note coming out of the league meetings this week and fingers crossed that this does happen off-season work begins April 19th for all 32 teams meetings will be held virtually though there is hope on the league side that there will be some on-field work this summer. We'll have to wait and see if that happens, but I'm of the opinion that you would like to see the rookies, maybe some first, second, third-year players get some work. Again, it's all voluntary, but at least give players that want to that option. And if you don't because of the success of a year ago, that's fine. But I do think several players, several teams missed out on having that on-field work last offseason if you're a fringe player you, you
1: I mean yeah it's voluntary but you're, you're it's it's a job interview it's an opportunity so yeah I mean I I just I'm I, you know I think three preseason games maybe one too much but you know you, 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 these guys need to play like I want to see Isaiah Simmons playing a preseason game I want to see Chris travelveler playing a preseason game I want to see you know Andy Isabella get some reps against a good defense you know getting off press coverage getting separation so I hope at some point in time when everyone gets vaccinated that they can do something. I, I know that JC Treader um, said, said we like to have the same offseason as last year from an organizational standpoint. No. And I get it. Um, it's about player safety, but um, at the same time, these guys gotta get better by getting reps, just reps, 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 and and, and the veterans aren't around, so you don't you're not you're not afraid to make a mistake. And when the coaches get on the field, they can coach you up. So I hope it all works out. But I do think the pandemic and the vaccination is going to be something that I think people will start to say, hey, we can have maybe not 90 guys together or 55, but we'll have a couple different groups so we can get on the field. Only way you're going to get better is being on the field.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed we'll pay attention to that storyline as we get closer and closer to that off season. And on that note, let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Amohundro. For Mike Jurecki, I'm Craig Riolu. Bird gang, and our baseball fans, happy opening day. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.